Welcome to Conversate, our podcast where we engage in conversation. On this week's episode, I, Aaron Gerke and Kevin Bender are back at it once again, having a conversation about our new sermon series in the summer of 2021 at St. Peter and Paul called Rubble Restoration, Rebuilding God's Way. Uh, in this first episode, we simply have a conversation about uh, Jesus' capacity to rebuild and restore us as his people out of our sin, out of our old life, to be rebuilt according to God's ways. We hope you enjoy it. Morning, Kevin. Morning, Aaron. How are you? What? What? I was going to ask the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait, did you interrupt me? Unintentionally. Or I interrupted you. Why I wasn't going to... We should we should script this out a little bit better about like who is supposed to do the initial greeting. That would that would smooth things out, wouldn't it, Kevin? Well, you know, but that would almost be too nice, too neat, you know. The people at home would be like, they scripted that out. Yeah, exactly. That didn't sound like a normal conversation. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking over each other, interrupting each other. How are you? What? All right. Enough of that. How are you, <laughs> How listener? Are... How are you today? We'll give you time to answer that. Well, that's wonderful. Cheers, Kevin. Let's do this again. <laughs> We're not restarting the podcast at all. Hey, it is really good to see you. Yeah. It is good to see you. Uh, yeah, so today, today is uh, our first podcast mm-hmm. in our, as we're you know, continuing to tie these things into the sermon themes for what we're doing. It would be this first one under our our new theme of rubble restoration, mm-hmm. rebuilding God's way. Uh, so a couple couple months back was when we were chatting about this, I think, mm-hmm. um, and kind of kind of had this in, in store for our last sermon series before we get to our our kind of fall kickoff. Right. Uh, and so I think we were having that conversation about where where to go, what direction to take, and in praying about that. Uh, well, we landed in Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, <laughs> but but I think uh, for the sake of kind of preaching through this this idea of mm, a season of rebuilding, a season of restoring, coming out of a year of mm, devastation in, in many ways, a, uh, a year where a lot of things have turned into rubble around our world. Mm. Um, and so how, how, how do we go about putting things back together and, and moving forward. And I think we need to, you know, what I'm hoping in this is that we are able to cast clear vision for our congregation about where God is, where God is leading us. Uh, because I, when we get to Nehemiah, especially, like when Nehemiah, I mean, not to get too far ahead of things, but when Nehemiah shows up on the scene, uh, it's, it's, it's a couple of decades later after Ezra, um, but the people the people are just idle. They're, they've stopped rebuilding. They've kind of just lost their vision. Mm-hmm. And Nehemiah kind of casts some compelling vision. And right away at the beginning of the book of Nehemiah, the people say, well, let's begin, let's start rebuilding, you know? To work. So like it kind of, it kind of takes like that clarity of here's where we're, here's where we're going. Here's where we believe God's mm-hmm. leading us to kind of, I don't know, re-energize, rally the, rally the people and that kind of stuff. So so in our idea of kind of coming out of COVID and 
I mean, just think about it too. Like this season of COVID, which has been a weird one, has in our, just specifically in our church, created an incredible (laughs) opportunities. God's been doing Mm. remarkable stuff. I mean, through the online ministry. I mean, honestly, through the addition of you (laughs) on (laughs) our staff here, uh, through our congregation uh, being blessed with being able to pay off our mortgage debt and all that kind of stuff happened during COVID. And so, like, I just, I just see the future looks very bright if we, if we do this God's way, mm. you know, and keep our sights set on Jesus. I, I believe a lot of what he's been preparing for us in the midst of that rubble, we got we to gotta kind of overturn some of that stuff and be like, did you see what, what God did here? Did you see what he did here? Let's pick these pieces back up and yeah. rebuild you know, his way. So, yeah. that was, even, I mean, even a this, lot of me chatting. <laughs> even this uh, podcast, right? This yeah. has come out of yeah. uh, this season. So, yeah. yeah, kind of funny to think that full circle in that sense, coming back, you know, back around to this, you know, I get, we're reflecting a little bit um, in some ways. As we go into the sermon series, we're reflecting back upon this last year. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's a good place to start because obviously for Ezra and Nehemiah, you jump into these stories, but there's a, there's a backdrop for them too, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you know, they don't, all of scripture doesn't just, you know, it's not disconnected no. from the world or from reality or, uh, or from the lives of these people. This is a real people in history, kind of living in their time of history. And, and their time just happens to be after this uh, period of, of exile. Yeah. And that's, and, yeah. and that's why in my, in my sermon, I mean, those of you listening or watching may or may not have heard or seen that um on july 18th 2021 (laughs) but um you know just to 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 get us to where we are i didn't i i didn't want us to just jump into ezra Mm -hmm. so that's why i was i i brought in stuff from the book of isaiah Mm -hmm. which uh must i mean it happened over 200 years probably before the return of the exiles so he's isaiah was prophesying somewhere around 150 to 200 years before uh, God's people were taken into exile in Babylon. And in his uh, prophecies, I mean, he's, he prophesies about the coming destruction of Jerusalem mm-hmm. and, uh, and the people of God if they don't repent from their sins. And that's all happening long in advance, you know, and the people just they just, I mean, they don't take Isaiah at his word. They don't take Jeremiah at his word. I mean, mm. uh, many of the prophets that we have, you know, were trying to call the people to account, right, in, in the Old Testament. So this whole exile thing is a huge aspect in the, in the Old Testament, in the mm. Old Testament history. So, like, if we don't, if we don't kind of get our bearings correct on some of these major movements mm-hmm. um, in, the, in the lives of God's people, it's it's um, hard to end up seeing actually who Jesus is and the fulfillment of who Jesus is. So we get these major movements from, uh, I mean, God's people living in the promised land, which also happened after their time in Egypt. And we, well, we don't need to go back that far, but <laughs> so they're, they're, they've been living in the promised land, uh-huh. had been not following God's word right. fully. Um, and, and so God sent prophets. They didn't listen to the prophets. And they ended up getting what God had said would happen, which was this destruction and being sent into exile um, for almost almost 70 years. Right. Yeah, yeah now, and, and, and as you're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, 
Um, of course, God is still working. He's still um, with his people, even when they're in exile. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, this is Daniel. You're right, right, right. right. Who we talked about uh, and studied and preached about uh, uh, earlier this year. Um, and, uh, and so God is, is with them doing stuff. But it is, it's kind of a period of time for them, for the people, to like really turn their hearts, right? Yeah. Like they've been kind of hard-hearted. Like you said, they hadn't been following God's ways. And God ultimately wants to, <laughs> he wants to build them into the people that he designed them to be, mm-hmm. right? And uh, because they're not, they're kind of refusing that, they're saying that God's kind of like, oh, okay, he's pulling out all the stops, yeah. right? What can I do to really turn these people around, to get them to refocus and recenter? Yeah. And uh, I don't want to, you know, um, I want to be careful about how I think of and talk about um, this past year for us, yeah. right? You know, I don't want to be too quick to say God is doing this or that, right, 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 right. sending a pestilence upon, <laughs> you know, uh, us. But certainly, the COVID season was a time, I think, for a lot of people of, uh, when it comes to our faith even, yeah. you know, like, kind of a recentering time. Well, I, every every worldly disaster and tragedy has that has that potential for for God to be active, and when people are kind of attuned to their lives in the world and asking those big questions, every every tragedy, every you know tragic death or mm. you know tragic diagnosis or natural disaster, all of those things provide opportunities to notice God's, you know, activity in the world mm. and his, and his promises of, of hope and life, even in the midst of it. So right. I guess like, I, I just, and so that, that just helps to clarify so that we're not saying like specifically, mm-hmm. you know, this COVID pandemic was some sort of like, you know, n- uh, new thing God was doing or some kind of like, like, like in response to something very specific in the world. Right. Like, it was, I think it's it's more right and appropriate for us to just put it on the lot of this is a broken world, this yeah. is a sinful world, yeah. bad stuff happens, God works even in the midst of the bad stuff. Yes, yeah. and that's what I want to reinforce is that just like God is with his people in exile, he's planning, he's promising yeah. restoration, yeah. right? Rebuilding, this was the Isaiah passage, yeah. you know, like he, God knew this was coming. God knew COVID was coming, yeah. you know? And he wasn't distant from us in this. Right. Like, God doesn't turn away from suffering. He's not absent from suffering. Like we see in Jesus, that it, suffering is the very thing that God goes face on, head on into. Yeah. Uh, when, when we're suffering, he comes straight on, head on right. into that in our lives uh, to walk with us, uh, to turn us, and, and to, well, also discover <laughs> uh, which foundation is sure. Yeah. Right? You know, I mean, in this uh, devastation year, uh, we kind of realize how many things aren't really that sure. Yeah. <laughs> aren't really that, you know, the foundations weren't as solid as we thought. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was kind of like, I mean, there was a lot of economic fallout, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of like concern about collapse and yeah. uh, schooling, education. That was something that was like challenged greatly and kind of like, can this even work, you yeah. know, like in this, in this season? So uh, a lot of things that we just kind of took for granted maybe is like, well, these things will always work. Yeah. Well, you speak about the, about the foundation too. I mean, it gets me thinking in my, in the sermon, I, I spoke about uh, the, the TV show Fixer Upper, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which I, th- I think when we were, when we were 
prepping this uh, sermon series. I think you said you had never heard of it. Oh, no, I've, I, I know Fixer Upper. Oh, but you didn't know Shiplap. I, yeah, what is Shiplap? It's like this, I still don't think I know. <laughs> so it's like the stuff, I think in old homes, like behind the plaster wall or like, you know, before really like uh, drywall was a thing, it would be Shiplap, like pieces of uh, horizontal wood. Okay. And then like you would plaster over the over that to form like a solid like a solid drywall so now we just you put up the framing and you slap drywall on it and that's your wall before it was these these pieces of horizontal wood that were then plastered over i I believe that's how they they did it so in these old homes like especially in uh, i think it was in waco texas where the show is filmed or in that that region i guess a lot of the homes the old homes uh had the shiplap behind them and so joanna Gaines. I, I'm coming across like I know too much about this. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I do. Okay, so I'll own it. All right, so, uh, so, so that was like her, uh, like that, that's like her calling card. Like her, mm. her mark was this, um, she'd find the, the, the shiplap, you know, tear it on the plaster, and then that's, they would restore that and just have that as the wall. So you'll see it in like this kind of, like rustic, like farmhouse design style that seems to be pretty popular, like trendy in our um, in American culture right now. People rehab homes. There's like kind of this horizontal, like wood, like style. Okay. A lot of that comes from um, this this shiplap, and I I think Joanna gets a lot of credit for that. After the service, uh, somebody, uh, a new member of our church, was like, and as, as soon as you said fixer upper, I was there. I was like, uh. what's he gonna say? You know, so. <laughs> You may not know what shiplap is, but the people know. Yeah, yeah. So, but she was telling me that she was at Home Depot um, recently, and uh, and and they actually they sell shiplap now. So you can like. Wow. I was like, man, that's like a that's like a poser move, you know? Like you sure. don't have you're not like restoring original shiplap. You're like trying to make your house look old. So, well, anyways, that funny though? yeah. yeah, yeah. There was a point to all this, which was, so in this, in this show, Fixer Upper, I mean, I have not watched every episode, just okay. for full disclosure, I've watched a couple. But I, I believe, I've never restored an old home. I've watched shows about people restoring old homes. And it seems like the things that they're, they're looking for, like kind of Chip and Joanna, as they are even selecting which home could potentially be restored, mm. um, if the foundation... Or the like the bones, the structure, like the, the the real like foundational pieces of the building are are not good. Mm. Um, then it's then uh, I mean then a lot of times it's either a major overhaul or they're just not. That's not even a house that they're going to select. So they're going to select a, a home where maybe the outside doesn't look so good. It's just kind of falling into disrepair, but still there's a. The foundation is good. The bones are good. That kind of stuff. So, yeah. so for, I think for this idea of like restoration to be able to to happen, when that when that foundation is solid, you can you can restore it. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and um, there's there's a lot of beauty and new life that can come out of what what once was not so beautiful. So. Yeah, totally. I love that. Uh, just the metaphor, I guess, the language of restoration yeah. and of uh, 
you know, even that concept of taking an old home. And I mean, like, so, so Molly, yeah. uh, my wife, is very big into, like, HGTV shows, uh, Fixer Upper, right? Yeah, yeah. And things. And so, like, I've, I've seen it. I haven't really watched it, but I've, I've like, seen it on. And it it's is good a, to nap, too. Yeah? Yeah. Because oh, you so take naps. Because, yeah. Because <laughs> you, like, you fall asleep, like, they got their, you know, they got their home, and then you wake up, and then it's new, and you're like, oh, that was cool, you know? <laughs> well, that's, I was just going to say, at the very end, right, they always show, like, <laughs> what it used to look like, like the before yeah. and then the after, yeah. right? And, uh, and it's amazing, the transformation, right, from just like, like you see, I mean, they look irreparable. Like if I walked into that scenario, I'd just walk out. And it's mm-hmm. like, there's, no, there's nothing I can do about this, yeah. you know? Uh, it's completely destroyed. It, it looks horrible. Yeah. Um, but these people, I mean, they're super gifted mm-hmm. at, at like kind of seeing the vision and going in and then doing the work and, and repairing it. And so a place that lo- you would have thought was like a lost cause, or like uninhabitable. Uh, now it's like beautiful, yeah. you know? And uh, I mean, when we think about like God's work, mm-hmm. and we, we sang uh, one of the songs on Sunday too, um, Beautiful Things, yeah. you know what it's called? I love that song. Yeah. I never even knew it until we sang it earlier this year one time. Oh, I think we did it on Ash Wednesday. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's all about making beautiful things out of the dust. And, yeah. Uh, but so thinking about God's work and, uh, you know, I think there are times, maybe here's, maybe you can relate to this, uh, maybe not, but like I know for myself, there's been times when like I have felt like a lost cause, you okay. know, like times when you're just like, man, I am, I am never going to get this right, you know, or times when you're just kind of like, I don't know, down on yourself and feeling like undeserving completely of, of love. Um, of good things, you know, you just, like, you really recognize, man, um, I don't have it very well together. Mm. But, like, again, God is drawn to, like, suffering, brokenness, Mm. uh, uh, broken down, like, that's what he plunges right into Mm -hmm. and uh, and offers restoration. Yeah, he's the ultimate fixer-upper. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's no house, even the ones with, like, the totally busted foundations, yeah. right? He would be like, no, I can work with that. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, somebody, somebody sent me a, a picture after church on Sunday. Um, they, were, they were driving driving home and saw a bunch of old mining rubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, there wasn't, like, an old house. It's just, like, the, the remnants of, like, the, the mine rock, which, which we have all kind of all over our community, if you know where you're looking. Uh, and she sent me, sent me a picture uh, and said, it's not exactly being restored, but I see, I see um, the potential of new life in this rubble. And it was, um, there were some, f- like, wildflowers and um, trees and stuff growing out of the pile of rubble, you know? Yeah. And I was like, cool, like, I'm, I'm so glad you can... I, I love that when when, you know, whenever the, the word of God is continuing to, you know, kind of permeate people's minds and hearts as they're noticing the world and stuff. Like, that's, that's the way, I don't know, I guess that's like a preacher's uh, validation, you know, <laughs> where you're like, oh, cool, you're still thinking about it. Like, you know. It lived outside of Sunday morning. Yeah, yes. yeah. But that's, I mean, it's true, right? And I think yeah. there's so many, so many images and practical applications for this kind of, um, restorative work, this restoration work, um, you, and uh, we were—I don't know—was it our staff meeting? I don't know. We, 
<laughs> you and I were in a couple of meetings this week and it wasn't <laughs> one of them, but we were chatting about how um, in certain parts of the world in like some urban areas and stuff, um, I think it was my brother who was telling me uh, in, in the suburb he lives in Houston, Texas, there's no, um, or not, maybe not no, but not, not much historical stuff left. Like the, the community developers or just in general, they just want, they want new stuff. So they just, they just bulldoze and start over, bulldoze, start over, bulldoze. So it's just kind of this constant like newness and, um, mm. and all that kind of stuff. And um, I'm sure we could find a way to, to preach on something like that too. Like there's always the potential for new life, you know, and all sure, that kind of stuff. Sure. But, uh-huh. but I, I'm, I'm really, as, as we're going to be talking about this rubble restoration, there's something, something about that, just that reality that God works in the rubble and mm-hmm. i think from a from a like a, a a sinful perspective i just know like for me personally yeah i mean you mentioned it like feeling down and out or just like i don't deserve this i mean i know that there are seasons of my life just in general where i i take god's good creation mm. my life god god made me yeah and i I, I mean, if I think about it as like a house, I mean, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So if this is a temple of the Holy Spirit, this is, if this is, if this is a, a dwelling place of God, if this is a home of God, mm-hmm. phew, man, I have not treated it that way, you know, in the way that I've used it, abused it, you know, the ways that I've spoken or not, mm-hmm. I mean, Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all that stuff, like I've, I've allowed a lot of it to go into disrepair, not tending to, you know, seriously, the physical structure of it in certain seasons. I mean, I've, you know, made unhealthy choices for my body. I mean, all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I mean, so there's just a lot of that. Like, man, I, I do turn my life into rubble a lot. Mm-hmm. So this whole idea that Jesus steps into us and he, he purchases us, you know, like, you're not your own. You've been bought with a price. Created by God. Redeemed by God. Being restored by God. Like, he's working on us on, until the day that he comes again and makes us finally fully new. Yeah. He's working on us, restoring us. I mean, that's what, that's what we believe as uh, Lutheran Christians in our, in our, like in our, in our baptism. Mm-hmm. Baptism is a, a daily a daily dying to sin, rising to new life. A daily acknowledgement that I'm rubble, Jesus is restoring me. Like just mm-hmm. over and over and over again. So I think like having, our, having, having that reality live in us, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm just, you know, preaching through it and now, I mean, we'll be in it for a couple of weeks, but just that image of my life is like a fixer-upper house that God is, yeah. that God bought and he's, he's working on me. Mm-hmm. He's working on me. Like, you know, he's, I don't know, fixing the toilet. He's, you know, changing up the landscape. He's, you know, yeah. just that, I don't know. I, I, I think it, it makes sense to me, so I don't know. There's actually a, there's a song I really enjoy. It's called Local Construction. Okay. And uh, it's this, I mean, it's this very concept. Uh, so, like, the premise of the song is, you know, basically how, like, 
local construction never ends. <laughs> yeah. Seems like. Okay. I know on uh, over by Michigan Tech, right? That road has been. Um, they've been working on that road for like I don't know when they started, but the entire summer for sure. Well, yeah, and even like right by our church too, they oh, dug up shit. a culvert and yeah. are putting in a new one. I thought it was going to be like. Yeah. A couple of days, and now oh, I hear, yeah. I know, I was gone for a weekend, and I came back, and I was driving, and I was like, oh, you know, I just went the way I would go to get to church, yeah. and I was like, oh, shoot, the intersection's, like, still, <laughs> still destroyed. Yeah. yeah, 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 so, like, local construction, you know, um, there, it, it's constantly going on, constantly uh, happening. There's always stuff that's falling yeah. into disrepair, yeah. and, uh, and, and we work to repair it, but this is uh, very true about ourselves too. Like God is constantly, like you said, at work, uh, restoring us. You know, fixing the walls in ourselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, yeah. There's a line in that song, "Local construction keeps saying it's never done." Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting too. I was thinking, like, I mean, you and you and your wife uh, currently rent a house too, um, mm-hmm. and my my wife and I, I mean. We were renters for years. I mean, we rented a, a home for three and a half years up here before we ever bought anything. And there's a different attitude about like between I think between renting and owning. Like, yeah. like when you rent something, <laughs> I'm hesitant to do a fix because it's like, well, you don't have to. Yeah, right. you don't have to. Uh-huh. It's like, uh, landlord, I don't know. You know, I guess you got to fix your stuff up. You know. Yeah. But I think I think it's actually taken me. It's taken me some years. And I'll, like seeing some stuff at my home that I own mm. fall into disrepair, because I think I still had a little bit of like that that renter sort of mentality of like, I don't know, it'll probably be fine or fix itself. I don't know. Like <laughs> at some point it'll get better, you know. And then realize like, no, if I don't do something about that, mm. like it's going it's going to fall apart. Like it, like if something is broken. It's either going to stay broken or I have to fix it, like, yeah. or b- pay somebody to fix it, you know. So, like, there there is something to that now, you know. So, I think it's it honestly, it took me a little while to kind of come to grips with that and change my attitude. Be like, well, this is what I, this, I do own, I own this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm responsible for tending to this, for caring for this, for, I mean, fixing it up. Like, I mean, my my house isn't that old, but there's enough stuff that I gotta kind of keep. Keep after it, you know? Yeah, and, and I mean, as one not owning a house, I don't know this to be true, but I would imagine that when you do own your house, like, you care more about it being fixed up, maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, there is pride to it, but it also, there's just a reality. Like, for me, it's, yeah. it's I mean, I, I want our stuff to be nice and good, but my motivation for that is is more of the, if I don't, if I don't do this, it's just not going to happen. Mm. You know? mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, it is just a practical reality. Sure. And so, I, I mean, I think we can take some of that the same application to our to our our lives in general yeah. too. You know, uh-huh. yes, we are purchased and bought by Jesus, but He also desires for us to tend to this temple mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. um, to you know to to allow ourselves to be rebuilt by him you know sure. to not fight against that you know to just say yes lord make make me over like mm-hmm. i i want to be a new creation mm-hmm. you know i yeah so well that's what i say i mean like you are his like god has purchased you right and like you said he's 
he's gonna get to work, yeah. you know, like, cause you're his. Yeah. Like, and he wants to uh, fix you up. He wants to, uh, what was that passage you quoted from Philippians, was it? Philippians 1, 6, when he, he has begun this good work and you, bring it to completion right. on the day of Christ Jesus. He's bringing it to completion. Yeah. Like, he is going to keep working yeah. on this good work, like, that you are, yeah. right, of his. And so, uh, yeah, like, I think a lot of times we do try to resist it. I know. And then, and then God, well, he still leans into us, right? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't just leave us. He says, no, like... I'm, I'm going to keep coming for you. It might be harder if you keep resisting. Yeah. You know, but he, he's pretty relentless. I know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, with his love, though, right? Like, it, it doesn't come out of a place of, you're not good enough. Mm. It comes out of a place of, you're mine. Like, I love you. Right. I, I, I own you. Like, I want what is best for you. I want to, I want to build you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's going get, to get to work. Yeah. Because there is. For sure. Yeah. So, kind of coming coming back full circle, some of the stuff that we're going to be preaching about in this sermon, I think it's always going to in this sermon series. We'll we're definitely telling going to be telling the story of Ezra and Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be these practical applications to our lives and how God is restoring us. But also, we we do want to take this opportunity to um, cast some of that vision for our congregation and for those of you that you know partner with us in this in this ministry from around the country if you kind of you know are, if you're if you're aligned with us in our in our ministry vision i mean you can carry these things out um you know in in your homes and in your neighborhoods and places of work and all this stuff but we want to cast a vision of how 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 we see god sort of restoring us and um, doing doing some new things or thing you know old things in new ways, <laughs> um, as as we uh, approach sort of our our fall ministry season and uh, there's there's a lot. I, I, again, I kind of hinted at it at the beginning of this podcast, but just the 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 groundwork has been laid for us. I, I it feels to me. I, I mean, I've been here for eleven years that the the gates are wide open. It's like God is God is saying do. You, do you see what I have, what I've given to you? Yeah. Do you see all these, all these gifts, all these incredibly talented people, their amazing generosity, their deep uh, faith and passion to to pursue me? Do you, do you notice this? Do you see the connections and the networks that I'm providing for you? Step in, you know. Let's go. So, um, so we kind of want to, uh, not kind of want to. We do want to. Uh, pursue God, we'll seek his will, keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, that, that perfect restorer, and say, just as we would say for our own lives, yes, Lord, you know, make me yours. Mm. Yes, Lord, restore me to, to be yours. I, I think collectively as a church, we want to say the, the same thing. You know, let's make ourselves receptive to God's will to be done among us. And the best way to do that is to look at Jesus, <laughs> keep our eyes on Jesus, and trust that you know, what he is uh, working in us, um, he will continue to uh, work in us. So, Totally. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he set us up, I mean, pretty amazingly. And uh, it's been exciting to see what God has been up to, even in, like we said, you know, at the start of this too, in a, in a really a year of devastation, like God has continued to bring life, uh, to bring hope. Yeah. And 
and now we're kind of in a, a position to really act upon a lot of this yeah. uh, in a building season. So yeah, it'll be exciting to share some of those things coming down the, the wire and uh, now to keep walking with you guys as we do it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So thank you again for hanging out with us today on this episode of Conversate. And Kevin, as always, it's good to be with you, bud. Likewise.